1: Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to
0: Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Icknerwall23, E-C-N-E-R-W-A-L. That's Lawrence spelled backwards, 2-3. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and the show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Go there and subscribe. If you want to leave us a voice message, is the way you can leave a voice message or email at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Before I get with the regular thing, if you would humor me for a second, I want all you guys out there who are not driving to close your eyes.
2: Just do it. Close it. Now. What about me? Do I close them also? You you could close them too. Okay, I might fall asleep if I close my eyes for more than five seconds. So, imagine
0: intentionally walking to get to Eloy <laughs> Jimenez. Now wake up. You live in that damn world. How you doing,
2: Chris? Oh, man, you know what? Um, I'm doing good. Bill Walton's doing good. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studs Turtle Bridge Division Street. Let's go. Hey, you know what? Uh, they played on the Kauffman Stadium P.A. Uh, after intentionally walking Jose Abreu. And I don't think uh, Mike Matheny uh, knew this was going to happen, nor I think he would have approved of it. But I thought it was weird when all of a sudden I look up after Jose Abreu's trotting to first base and I hear this. Eloy's
1: coming.
2: It's a little odd for a road park, uh, but they obviously knew. Everyone in the ballpark knew that that was a bad decision, other than Mike Matheny. Um, but uh, allow me this, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. Close your eyes out there if you're driving. I don't. I don't care what you do. Um, Let's take you back to 24 hours ago. Okay, Let's see if you remember this uh, this show. It's called Locked On White Sox, and one of the very fine hosts on this program, uh, Chris Tannehill, uh, on this show, uh, stepped out and made a prediction about uh, last night's ball game.
1: I'm
2: gonna predict Eloy the first bomb tonight. Uh, coming uh, oh, uh, off the right-handed of pitcher uh, being in left field, and he's going to make all of us feel uncomfortable, uh, that the production is going to be better with him in left field. So that'll be uh, something what? for us to talk about. He
0: needs one at bat to come to him. Like
1: oh, Aloy Jimenez! Do not walk anyone in front of him!
0: Wow! Welcome back! It's a Loy's night anyway and you figured he was going to get good pitch to hit he got a slider up and I mean he hit the daylights out of that.
2: That's one of my favorite uh, songs, by the way. It's Eloy's Night. Um, yeah, it wasn't uh, Missy Misdemeanor Elliot on that one, I think, uh, on the Eloy's Night <laughs> song. But yeah, how about those wide words from a podcast host uh, yesterday? But, you know, uh, it is what it is. Sometimes if when you do five shows a week and you you talk for, let's see, how long are our shows? Yeah, at least 30 minutes. 45 minutes. minutes yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd say 45 minutes. I, you know, it's an hour and a half or two. Uh, double that up, three hours. Three, three hours, 45 minutes a week, you eventually will say something, right? <laughs> so I am not going to uh, you know hurt my arm, uh, pat myself on the back, especially without all these injuries going on in baseball this year. That's all we need for me to tear my labrum. But, yeah, so you're man. A,
0: you're a blind squirrel finding a nut twice, <laughs> twice a, day. a day.
2: Yeah, thank you, Vinnie Goodwill. Um, I will add that in post.
0: Even a blind squirrel
2: finds a nut twice a day. And there it is. Okay, so um, – Huge night. This is one of those nights here, Herb. But we, we, let's get our presenting sponsor out of the way. Uh, they're the ones making it happen here tonight, not us. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms. There is a little bit of news. Uh, Luis Robert uh, cleared to play. He's been kicked up to Charlotte, AAA, for the uh, duration of his rehab stint. So we'll see uh, if it's any indicator on how long they kept Eloy down there. It won't be for long, and you won't get him by this homestand. So all you folks that were hoping to see the the, uh, the, the, the full White Sox squad rocking and rolling uh, with new trade deadline acquisitions, which we'll get to later, uh, if you're looking to see that team this weekend, uh, you'll have to wait a little bit longer. I, I don't suspect that Luis Robert will be back that quickly, but that, now that that news is out of the way, it'll happen sooner than later, and no better glimpse at the future of the Sox team that we wanted to see since the offseason, since before the Eloy injury, it was there on full display with Eloy Jimenez having one of his best games, really, of his career, uh, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we, we talked about the defensive liability in yesterday's show, and, it, you know, on paper, this is not a good outfield to Eloy. Brian Goodwin and Andrew Vaughn and Wright, and this is one of those shows where you can tear up your notes that you had because my notes were, were riddled with criticisms of, of, of bad plate appearances and that doesn't mean they didn't happen but it just changes the, the, the tone of our show um, you know Dylan Cease issues uh, falling behind hitters You know, Andrew Vaughn with the misplay in right field, I was mad about that because here we go, Eloy's got to play left field, so you got to move Andrew Vaughn who's already done, he's already gone above and beyond this season of what you would need him to do and learn how to play a new position with literally, what was that, one week left in the spring training and he learns how to play a really solid left field, better than solid you could argue, and of course then he makes the physical error in his first game in right field and I was going crazy, I was like this is not right, This you know, what if this is one of those things where yes, on paper they're better with Eloy, but just something wasn't right ever since he came back and this team is not as good defensively and you know all that you could tear all that up now after that night that Eloy Jimenez has uh, in this ball game it it was one of his better nights as a pro Uh, and Eloy he has the big blast there late in the game to put the Sox up for good Um, he goes just one for four but it was uh, excuse me he goes two for four but Mm -hmm. that that, that, uh, blast was a big one with a three RBI and a couple of really, really nice defensive plays in the outfield, Herb. I mean, this is not the same Eloy that we saw in years past. Like, he looks a little slim down, moving a lot better, good instincts. Like, you know, I would hope he'd be able to throw out that runner after that bad send. Early on in that game, who there <laughs> um, who was our guy? there? yeah, uh, Vance Wilson. Uh, you know, uh, you know. Usually, if you're a third base coach, you have to have a W. Uh, yeah, Waven wave Wilson, we'll call him. Uh, but that was a bad send. But Eloy with a really nice game defensively. Put the home run aside, Herb. He looked mm-hmm. really good out there. Like you know, it looked like he uh, had something to prove out there. I don't know if I want to see it. Uh, anymore, <laughs> still, yeah. you know, because there are outliers in baseball. Blind squirrel finding the nut twice a day, uh, but uh, you gotta love Eloy's effort out there tonight, or
0: It was really good. It was awesome to see, even on that the ball he caught, like how he felt fielded that ball that was hit to him, and he threw out the runner. He bent down smoothly, picked up the ball. I like the confidence he knew the ball was going to his glove. He looks like a better fundamentally sound left fielder maybe time away and time to rehab things got him serious about it working on his craft out there in left field because yes while he's played left field at a competent level like i think we were seeing a little bit um from last year then he got clown shoes after the uh, detroit thing
2: yeah we talked about it a ton because mm-hmm. the, those instances where he's you know falling into the net and and costing his team runs those those instances were filled with gaps in between of him playing pretty competent baseball out there and that's why it was so maddening because people would laugh when I would say that last year's version of the Sox were a better team with Eloy and left because then you could put Encarnacion's bad or anyone else's bad at DH but yeah that's that's a good point like he looked good at times last year and then he looked really b- b- bad like famously like you know international incident bad <laughs> and then he gets hurt so yeah that's that's a good point by you but the, he did start to show this uh, signs of uh, of this last year even
0: and maybe just worked on it a little bit more here in the rehab facility and got down what he needs to get down because it seemed like you know as a big dude six foot five to get down that low to pick the ball off the ground come back up smoothly and throw him out by plenty with an accurate throw was very impressive to see i know it was a bad sin but still you got to make the play and Eloy make the play even if that guy had a good lead and he was Hitting third before he hit the caught the ball in left field, I think Eloy throws him out by a good five to ten feet. So, yeah, he looked really good in the outfield, and I think, like you said, maybe his best game he's played in a while. I don't know if ever. But maybe his best game he's played in a while, you know, sans the entry, you know, games he's actually did play. Well, also
2: just all around baseball game because he has that really nice heads up base running play too early in the game where he tagged up yes. uh, and the Sox were not able to convert in that inning. I think maybe we'd look back at that as a bigger moment had the run scored, but a nice moment to tag up there, good awareness. So, yeah, so like the whole package. From Eloy last night. How about it? And, you know, we, we talked about tearing up your notes. Uh, got an email here locked on socks at gmail.com hmm. from our guy David uh, with the subject line F U C K! exclamation point. Sometimes they will slip even in a subject line. And uh, David says, Gentlemen, how much longer will I have to watch Goodwin, Leary, Collins, Sebi, and Mendick be automatic outs? Recon needs to make some moves. Sheets and Engel. And right Robert eventually in center Vaughn and left is great Hamilton as a defensive replacement and speed guy is great Eloy even owning a glove is awful make sure shit happen Rick now I have to watch Ronaldo pitch what's next Eloy and Vaughn somehow collide this team is making me nervous that's David and Chesterton and then he follows up after the Eloy blast 9:44 p.m local time Eh, the stocks look like a different team after I sent my panicky email. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what it takes, then expect, Thanks, more, then expect more emails. I deserve some credit for this victory. I now have more value than our terrible catchers, David and Chesterton. David, so.
0: please uh, <laughs> send a ne- bad note about my finances and how I've never won the lottery before. Please send an email that one next time, brother.
2: Yeah, man, our guy Mike Victor is the one also who alerted us or alerted me to. The, the prediction I made yesterday, because you just talk shit into these microphones, and I don't remember half huh. the things we say. Sometimes someone will email, like, sometimes we'll get a tweet saying, hey, you guys are wrong about this, and here's the data to prove it, and those, you know, get blocked and you know, re- reported to, to Twitter. <laughs> but the ones that were right about something, someone will remind us, like, oh, yeah, I guess we did say that. Oh, we'll so, get a bullhorn <laughs> on that one. Yeah, exactly. Um Here's a, here's a Locked On Sox voicemail, 312-566-8727, 312-566-8727, uh, as we're sort of just basking the glow of a big win last night before we move on to other things. Here is uh, one of our uh, favorite contributors.
1: Hey, Chris and Herb, Mark in Litchfield Park. Nice win tonight. Uh, Eloy coming back. Three-run Jack. Nice plays in the field, which frightened me a little bit. yes kind of justifies him being out there. Um, we'll see what happens. And then Vaughn butchering one and right. Mm. Um, I wonder what that says and what Tony's going to do. But uh, Coach Tony. I do have one concern coming out of this game. I also, Cease you know, pitching through an error behind him was nice to see. Uh, one concern is that the Sox didn't do much of anything with, against Brad Keller. Who it was pointed out before the game that he's one of the worst pitchers in the American League. Um, So managing one run off this guy is a little disturbing. Just wondering what you guys think about that. Thanks. Bye.
2: Yeah, and I, I thought about that a lot the Brad Keller factor. You know, and it's time to admit, folks, like, you know, Brad Keller has been the. The punching bag for Sox fans, and rightfully so, after what he did to Tim Anderson a few years back, and we, as Sox fans, we just have a, a you know I don't want to say hatred; it's a, it's a strong word. Some of us maybe, um, but when you see Brad Keller out there, you just you're 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 you just want to have him get lit up there on the bump, and and you want to have the Sox serve it to him uh, all night long. But it's not been the case uh, recently. His past two starts against the White Sox have been very good, and you know he's been around the league long enough now where he's got a track record against the White Sox and he's he's you know as he's pretty much hit or miss and that's what average pitchers in this league are and that's what they do uh, sometimes they'll get you and, and sometimes you'll get them cuz the Sox touched him up earlier this year in the last two starts Against the Sox have been pretty good. So, you know, it, that just comes with seeing a team often, I think. I, I'm not too concerned at the approach of, of Brad Keller, uh, you know, by the White Sox. So, you know, I, I don't know what you make of that, Herb, but I think sometimes just when you see a team so often in, in your division, sometimes, you know, you're, you guys are going to trade jabs every so often. And Brad Keller pitched a pretty damn good game because you saw once he was out of there and they got to that bullpen, which had been over worked And I thought they would get to them last night, but they got to the bullpen and all was well and good. And things things you know changed quickly but i thought brad keller pitched pretty well last night
0: yeah he did and it's like you said it's very hard to give this jerk credit because we all hate him he pitched (laughs) well last year and and coming into 2019 it was expected that he was gonna take the next step and this year 2021 we thought he was gonna be an ace he was the opening day starter for the guys and to see him with a five-plus ERA this year is very surprising to me. I don't care how bad the team is behind you. It doesn't mean you don't have to go out and do your job. But, yeah, every time I see him now, same thing with Mike Minor with a five-plus ERA facing the White Sox. They've given us all the fits that we've had, and this is that Kansas City. This is why we hate them <laughs> because no matter if they're, we're good or they're good or they're bad and we're bad, they're always going to give us a test. And Brad Keller has that familiarity with the White Sox lineup. He understands what the hitters are trying to do to him. And so he readjusts from there. And like you said, it's up to the White Sox to be familiar with what he's trying to do to them and readjust to his readjustment and crank him the next time they see him, which probably will be sometime next week as they play the the Royals again back at guaranteed rate next week. So I applaud him for doing well, but I still hate him and I want them to murder him uh, on the <laughs> baseball field, not on his birthday.
2: <laughs> while celebrating his birthday. Good evening, I'm Ken Bastida. Dana is off tonight. He was murdered and then set on fire while celebrating his birthday.
0: <laughs> so I want them to murder him while on the baseball field to, to the tune of, like, 15 runs. I was really mad that they didn't get more runs, and, like, they were lost versus Brad Keller, but... Tip of the cap, he wasn't really striking anybody out, just balls hit to the right people. Like that Timmy Rocket was yeah. exactly that. I don't know if that was versus Brad Keller necessarily. I think it was uh, late. In the, no, the eighth inning was not Brad Keller, but he killed that ball off of that guy. So uh, next time, Brad.
2: Yeah, and the Sox, you know, the so the Royals had won six in a row coming into that one, and they, they beat up on the Brewers pretty well in the two-game series. They swept them, and we saw how good – of ba- a brand of baseball, the Brewers played against the White Sox, so they they were uh, by and large a hot team coming in against the White Sox, and that showed. Uh, a couple bleeders go through, scoring a run here or there. You know, you know, those are you know marks of a team that's that's going well for the most part, and that was a big win for the Sox to come back against them. Late in the game, and uh, you know it's just it's it's just nice to see that that victory there last night. Um, but but there were some problematic things that happened uh, in this game. You know, you'll look at the box score here, and we'll circle back around to Dylan Cease, so who goes six innings, gives up six hits, gives up only three runs, and only two of them were earned. One walk, six strikeouts. A season earned run average to four one four. You look at that on paper, like oh, you know, if the Sox score enough runs early, we wouldn't be talking about Dylan Cease. Uh, but he was super uh, vexing. He was that that was like your avatar, your prototype Dylan Cease outing, falling behind hitters. Not Mm -hmm. spotting the fastball. It's very annoying and very frustrating. And what we do often is we take conversations that we have around the score and we we refilter topics sometimes that are relevant. And uh, Matt Spiegel asked the question, in a Game 4 situation in in a postseason series, who would you rather start, Herb, Dylan Cease or Dallas Keuchel? Those are my only two choices. Well, no, you, there's there's one out there, and we'll get to him in a second. But if you, you could start anyone in the world you want. You could bring back someone on short rest. But I mean, that's, that let's would say, be my option. Okay, you would not choose either of those. If I had, if I
0: had to make a choice out of those two guys? Yeah. Fuck. Dallas <laughs> um, Keuchel.
2: Sometimes they slip. Okay, yeah, I agree. I, I tend to agree with that because that's why you paid him all the money and he's got the experience. But that's the only reason. Even Dylan Seas has better stuff. But uh, Dallas Keigel has the experience, even though he, the experience in a White Sox uniform was not good last not good year all. in the postseason. So, yeah, I just thought, we thought we put that out there and uh, bring it back around full circle. But, yeah, Dylan Sees was super frustrating. Ronaldo Lopez, uh, you know, this is a, a team effort here because you still needed to bridge that gap between the starter and the closer. So, Lopez comes in. Lopez comes in, and he brings it to the Royals himself. Uh, he goes the one inning, uh, one walk. Uh, but then that runner's thrown out, and then he gets a strikeout. Michael Kopek, pure triple X, raw daddy, filth mm. um, for one inning, striking out the side there. That, that's good to see after Kopek's shaky outing up in Milwaukee, Herb. That, that was a sight for sore eyes right there with Kopek coming back
0: strong. Mercy. He went against the heart of their lineup, too. Whit Merrifield, a guy that is a pest, could not see 99. Same thing for Carl Santana, guy you so always see on base. Couldn't face that high fastball. And then Salvi Perez having a great year offensively. No, not 100 up top. Michael Kopeck, when he's on, it, it, these are the times we're talking about. The third of the time when you got crap, third of the time when you got in between stuff, and the third of the time when you got the best. And he had the best today. He had awesome stuff. And it's good to see. Like Sony said, like, 99 looks one way but when you're Michael Kopeck and your 99 has a little umph at the end just a little thing that makes you like oh goddamn I can't hit that 99 that 99 is a little different than a straight 99 the man's got something when he is on and he has his premium stuff and he had premium stuff today he used the slider couldn't see it either i'm just i'm just so impressed by how well he is As a pitcher and how mature he is, understands what he has as in the arsenal and sometimes doesn't give a F like the times where he struggles with his command. He knows he can rear back and throw that ball through the catcher's mitt and Seve Savala also tip of the cap for catching late in the game. It was an awesome uh, frame job that he was doing out there with Liam Hendricks in the ninth and sometimes with uh, Michael Kopek right there in the eighth.
2: Going to ask Herb what his trade deadline anxiety level is next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Herb and I will be hosting the Locked on White Sox room soon. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation as you listen to us every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to the big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with us and may even have a chance to be featured on the Locked on White Sox podcast through our Green Room conversations. So go download the Green Room app now for free. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and sports. I can't wait to join you guys on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once the Lockdown White Sox squad is ready. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. I want to put this out there. Unless you have anything else on your notepad nope. from, from the game. I don't think I do. I think we've pretty much talked about everything. A lot of it was negative stuff that you can kind of just crumble up and throw away now. Um, but I wanted to put this out there as we re- approach this trade deadline here. And you, you look around baseball. And there was a couple more moves made yesterday. The Astros got better. Uh, they traded uh, in Abraham Toro and Joe Smith, uh, infielder and right-handed pitcher, to the Mariners. Who are still very much uh, in in the, the the hunt for a playoff spot, but they're like very nah, surprising, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, in,
0: in in their division,
2: in inter- interdivisional trade, they they trade uh, top tier reliever uh, Kendall Graveman and uh, Rafael Montero to the Astros. So the Astros bullpen gets better, and you know you you look around there, you see that move, interdivisional move, which which is always puzzling. And then Jeff Passon reports this. uh, Perhaps it should be no surprise that the Padres and Rays, two of the most aggressive teams in baseball at improving their rosters, have placed themselves squarely in the middle of seemingly every trade conversation at the deadline as it fast approaches. What does surprise executives around Major League Baseball are the players they're discussing. The reigning AL champion Rays long recognized for their ability to win with minuscule payrolls, have had preliminary discussions about both Max Scherzer and Chris Bryant, league sources tell ESPN. And the Padres, playing in the fifth smallest market in baseball, are primed to exceed the luxury tax threshold and continue to pursue a deal for Joey Gallo and have at least inquired on other high-priced players according to sauces. So here we are. We're seeing teams that are... Already better, or could be better than the White Sox. The the Astros, are, I think, are one of your top teams that you look at. The Rays, certainly, another team that you're going to have to face if you're lucky enough to advance in the postseason. You could get lucky. One of these teams could get bounced. Uh, you know, the A's could bounce the 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 Astros, and you know that could be that. And the Red Sox could bounce the the Rays, and you know it is what it is. But now you you have teams that are your direct competitors when you're talking about the big picture are acting super aggressively, at least through the media. And I will I do want to put that out there that this is all posturing for the most part, but the, the Padres do back it up. And the Rays have yes. backed it up as well because they made the trade for Nelson Cruz and now they're they're talking about you know Chris Bryant there. So these, these teams have already shown that they're they're not messing around here. And i I'll, I'll ask you this question here as, as the trade deadline approaches Herb. If you could rate your anxiety level one to ten about the, your fear of the White Sox not making a substantial move. And now there's a move we discussed before the show that I'll get to in a second. I would not consider that a substantial move. I'd, I'd consider that um, patching a hole or f- filling a need. Um, but where is your anxiety level 1 to 10 as we sit here just two days before the trade deadline that the White Sox will not make a, a, a impact move to better themselves for the second half?
0: I'm going to go with an 8. Okay. It's just not happening.
2: I just don't know
0: like if Rick has the permission to do it. It might not be his thing. It might not be his call on this regard. Like we've been thinking, you know, we're holding the powder dry until this point where you need a a premium bat or a relief pitcher or second baseman something like that. And maybe he doesn't have permission because I've heard from sources that they were in the Joey Gallo discussions and Joey hasn't been traded as yet to Herb, Herb
2: got flexing sources. Let's yeah. go. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so the price is a little too high for what the White Sox wanted to pay right there. So it was, Still, it was money. I mean, yes, some of them, some of it's, uh, Joey Gallo doesn't make that much money, right? But it's, it's about, you know, the players that we'd be going back to Texas so they're still talking to that team about Ian Kennedy. But I don't know if Rick has the either the want to trade somebody, maybe off the major league roster or a high-level prospect that they're, they're hugging, or the money or the, ga- the go-ahead with Jerry Reinstorp. So I'm at an eight. I wish I was wrong. I wish tomorrow you're listening to this on a Wednesday or a Thursday, whatever day you consume this and say man herbert's really wrong we got xyz this guy is gonna make us a contender for the world series and i'll accept that loss i'll take that l come back on here and say i was wrong rick you're the best but i i don't see any movement i don't see any maybe uh, hiding in the shadows is the best way for them but there's really no hot talk necessarily with the White Sox, except for one guy in particular, I think we're gonna talk about a little bit later.
2: Yeah, so I would I would label my my anxiety level about this right in the middle at a five. You know, I've been thinking about all angles of this and, and the way teams operate through the media and I think it is it can be a good thing that the you have not heard really any rumors about the White Sox out there publicly. So either they're, they're trying to tighten the ship there and, and stop all these leaks from occurring, or they're just not active because they believe in their roster. And we, we know that the roster is problematic right now, to say the least. Yes, you are getting better with Eloy and, and Luis Robert coming back, but that bullpen is still a problem. And Michael Kopech, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with him tonight if they're fortunate enough to be in a spot where they have a lead late. Will he pitch on back-to-back days? That'll be a big test right there, but we see this bullpen has problems here, and uh, that's what I, I would like. I would like a, a top of the line right-handed arm out of that bullpen, and another outfielder would be nice too, man. You know, to be honest with you, um, is second baseman. You know, I, I don't know the, the Brian Goodwin thing. It's starting to maybe see the end of the tunnel. Maybe he's just you know. Being exposed here a little bit, maybe, you know, just going through a grind, you know, maybe he just needs a little bit of a rest, but he's not a good center fielder. He's not a real option out there uh, late in the ball game. In the corners, yeah, uh, but center fielder, not so much. But I think relief pitcher right now would be top priority. They could probably skate. The offense is probably good enough where they can get by without a second baseman. Um, I still hope the, the Escobar thing happens because I, I would like that move still. Even after we you know it gets to a point where we've been talking about it for so long, it's like who cares already? Either do it or don't. Um, but the defense worries me. Watching Liuri in that Milwaukee series worries me. Stuff like that, you know, um, you know, a guy that's just been playing around and playing more than he's ever had in his entire career, to be honest, and getting older. So, I worry about that. So, that's why I would like to see still another second baseman. But I'm right at five. I think Rick going to wait it out. And there's going to be teams, you know, whether it's like the Diamondbacks, who they're going to be sitting there with their high asking prices. And Tony talked about it – Coach Tony, excuse me, talked about it again during the pregame yesterday about how they're looking to make reasonable moves. Like, they're not – uh, in a position where they they want to be put over the barrel here barrel here by a, a, a middling team, so I think Racon will wait it out. There's talent out there to be had, and th- they're going to find it. And I think they will be better than they were before the deadline. Uh, you know, in the big picture here. So, um, you know, I I hope I'm right. Um, I'm being positive about this, but still, when you see those reports from passing and around the league, and you see your teams that that are going to stand in your way to hoist the commissioner's trophy that you see them getting better it's hard to not be anxious about it and the money thing is always going to be a factor when you talk about the white Sox. and you worry about you know they had the adam eaton's contract picked up because they, they let him go and they let him walk and they rather pay him to not be on the team so you worry that that's going to be a lingering issue well we did this for you so now you got to do something for us and and you know not absorb salary at the deadline so, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But there was a name floated around as far as fixing up that bullpen. And that's, uh, you look to the north side, Ryan Tapera from the Cubs. Bruce Levine wrote in an article on dot thescorecom yesterday, they were talking about Craig Kimbrell as the Cubs buffet is open that's what Buster only referred to it as the Cubs are the buffet for contending teams and they were talking about you know the Craig Kimbrell possibly going to the Sox and as a quote in here from a National League scout no one would uh, would touch Hendricks and Kimbrell in the 8th and ninth. yes I, I I got that I get the same um, but then Bruce talks about Ryan Tapera, who's 33 with a 2.91 earn run average he would be a 2 month rental and wouldn't cost as much as Kimbrell so numerous teams have also inquired about him. So insinuating the White Sox have inquired about him. Uh, I think that's a sensible move that the Sox would be better um, if they make that move, uh, it's not a move that's going to wow you, but ultimately you're just looking for warm bodies and solid arms with with, with track records. And Ryan Tapera has been used in high leverage spots for the Cubs this season, so you would think he'd be able to slide over nicely. You worry about a guy coming over from another league and the adjustment period that goes on there, so it's not a perfect move by by any means. But uh, how would you feel if, uh, if we're sitting here and let's say we have to break in and do uh, an emergency show on, on Saturday or Sunday. Actually, we won't do that, by the way, because I want to be in Lake Geneva. Um, but how would you feel if we if we sit here on Monday? Like, well, they got Ryan to para, But also, uh, hey, look, everyone. Luis Roberts back from Charlotte. Woo-hoo, look at this new shiny toy. How would you feel if that's well, where we were out on Monday? <laughs> uh,
0: I would I remember I said, like, if we came away just with a relief pitcher, <laughs> I would be disappointed. But. Understand why they did not go and get a second baseman, or another right fielder, or another outfielder. A relief pitcher of Ryan Tapera's ilk and how he's pitched this year would be a nice bridge from either Tapera, Kopech, Hendricks, or put Bummer in there, maybe a Chase Fry. Yeah, Ryan Tapera has done very well in the National League, and I think him switching leagues would benefit the White Sox in that regard because of not being familiar with his pitching. Um, For the most part, I know there's been interleague games, but he hasn't pitched that much in the American League since he was, uh, I think, a Toronto Blue Jay, where he was a teammate of Liam Hendricks, I believe that was. uh, And they both won April relievers of the month. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. they are very familiar with each other. And Ryan's pair uh, adding here to the White Sox would be a nice addition where I would be like, okay, not a, a blockbuster, not a splash that I would want to make sure that we're pressing the gas down to the floor. But I can let you slide on this one, Rick, if you get a guy of Ryan Tapera or above ilk.
2: Yeah, and the uh, the A's picking up Andrew Chafin too. Uh, so you know they 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 they're not stopping themselves from getting better either so uh, we'll we'll take a quick time out here but betting on baseball does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day, follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts we'll preview tomorrow's show next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best taste protein bar ever you got to sign up for the email and text alerts with built bar like i did because then you won't miss out on limited flavors like what they have right now grasshopper cookie. It's Built Bar's version of the classic thin mint cookie that you guys all know and love. All the flavor without that sugar, just 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and just 5 grams of sugar. I'm down 24 pounds now thanks to Built Bar. Been getting those bad sweet treats out of my life, replacing them with Built Bars, and it's worked great. As a matter of fact, I just got my shipment in of my new favorite flavor, German chocolate. They are outstanding. They're 180 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar and just 4 grams of net carbs. And I only got them because I signed up for their email and text alerts. So as soon as my favorite flavor was back in stock, and that's the thing about a lot of these flavors, they sell out quickly. I was able to get in there and get my box of 18 before I go on vacation. So now I won't be without them even on vacation. And there's flavors for everyone at BuildBar.com: Coconut, Cherry barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream. There's so many different flavors, an endless variety of flavors depending on what your tastes are. So, order today. Get the grasshopper cookie or even raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that cool? Go to built.com and use our promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport. With the help of our local experts, follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And before we get out of here today, Herb, uh, I just want to thank the, the listeners for just supporting the show. You know, it's a long season and you guys are rocking with us every day. And each month the show... It improves at least at least as far as a listenership grows i don't know if, if our dumb are getting any better at this uh, probably not but uh, you guys are, are really really um, you know consuming the show and your feedback has been great I appreciate your voicemails and your emails. It really helps uh, us get through the grind of a 162, our first 162-game season together doing this podcast. And, you know, I just appreciate you, you listeners checking in because uh, June was a really good month for us, and uh, we hope July will be the same. And we thank Sean Anderson and Mike Rankin for filling in and giving us that little breather as, as uh, we look forward to a postseason run, man. But I, just, I appreciate the listeners, Herb, as I know uh, you do as well.
0: They're great, and they came up to us during the uh, tailgate we had or were invited to from the 108. How
2: did they it's, know it was you?
0: I don't know. It's a mystery, <laughs> folks. I had my white Sox jersey. Happened to have my name on the back end. Crazy. Three, so that was, was actually weird. a
2: stadium giveaway. They were giving away Lawrence 23 jerseys one day, and you just happened to be wearing your stadium giveaway. It was just the oddest thing.
0: That happens. <laughs> um, but, yes, it was great to meet some of you guys up there, guys and girls. The love has been shown via the tweets, the text, the emails, all the stuff we get. And uh, thank you very much. So for listening, telling your friends to listen and such like that, like the, the greetings by you guys, it's just, it's overwhelming. Like what the comments that you guys give, uh, give us, it's just like, Weird, like, we think we're just talking to this microphone, and it's like when you actually see people who enjoy your product, it's, it's kind of odd to you. It like uh, takes you back a little bit. It's like, wow, I can't believe that. That's awesome.
2: Absolutely. So we'll recap uh, tonight's game as we always do. It'll be posted by midnight as long as the game is still not going on. It's uh, Lucas Giolito, who's eight and seven with a three seven eight against Chris Boobich. Uh, he's a left handed pitcher we've seen before, three and four with a four seven two. Earn, run, average. That's a 7-10 first pitch down in Kansas City as the Sox look to take the rubber match from the Royals. Uh, so, yeah, we will recap that one, but that's all I got for today, Herb. And uh, as I mentioned, we will uh, keep you guys locked in on this trade deadline talk and as uh, our, our anxiety goes up as we get closer to it, man. But uh, it should be interesting, uh, no doubt. But that's all I got today.
0: The only thing is, is a four it's a four game, game set. Okay, yeah, yeah. I knew I'm as soon sure. as I said
2: it. Yep. Uh, so you know, I'm considering it the rubber match because they're obviously going to win the next two. So you, you you can't win the the final game until you win tonight's game, right? That's what I was thinking. Obviously, uh, but four <laughs> games, four games Good luck. I'm, I'm sick of the Royals already after two. You've got to play them <laughs> next week too. I know, but that's a different story. The Kauffman Stadium thing with the weird dimensions and the you know the, the little bleeders that get through and. Whit Merrifield, you know, uh, hustling for uh, hustle doubles, even though I wish he was on the White Sox, but I, I hate him, but love his game. Yeah, I, I'm already done with them. So, but yeah, we'll recap that one tomorrow.
0: That is Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill, me, Herb Lawrence, Eckner Wall 23. And the show is at Locked On Socks 312 566 8727. It is the way you can leave a voice message or locked on socks at gmail.com. It is Chris and Herb. Thank you for listening to Locked On Socks.